Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. So what's all this about? This skinfold story. We'll uh, update you on that. The decision handed down by the AFL ahead of the upcoming draft. There's plenty of opinion being given about Australia's chances in reaching the semis now that they have reached the semis of the T20 World Cup. Uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to Time On. Your say on the news of the day. That's the Time On promise. one 736 736 to text in at any stage. Off the temper text, temporary mattress like no other. And speaking of which, off the text at the moment, if I can digress for just a moment, the uh, positive response to one Adam Cooney continues just to flow through in very noticeable measure. Uh, his first stint in the chair, uh, helping out Andy on SEN Drive. So if you missed any of that, it'll be uh, up on the SEN app or the SEN podcast, sen.com.au. Uh, All the podcasts live there and on the SEN app. So little bits and pieces of news getting around today. Um, one 736 to have your say on that news of the day. We'll work our way through what you might have missed throughout the course uh, of this Monday. And uh, if you had an inkling uh, that you wanted to give an opinion on any of it, that's the number to call, one 736 So it's probably not, um, depending on how you look at it, it's probably not the biggest footy story uh, of the day, but it certainly is an intriguing footy story of the day. And that is um, that the AFL has decided to ban skinfold testing on potential draftees. Um, They've got some concerns about uh, mental health and body image. So the skinfold test has been getting performed at the annual draft for uh, ever and a day, measures the body fat percentage by lightly pinching at different sides of the body to assess the composition of a player. So it's been met with largely criticism from uh, former players, uh, recruiters, um, CEOs, you name it. Uh, I haven't seen one person praise the decision just yet. You might have a different view on it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 to give us yours. Um, but Kinnear Beetson, who spoke to SEN today, um, he... Uh, he said that uh, that test is a larger part of the overall uh, is one part of the larger jigsaw puzzle when assessing young players. West Coast Premiership player Will Schofield has called the decision uh, a joke. Kane Corns has gone pretty hard at it today, um, and Xavier Campbell from the Essendon Footy Club spoke to Gary and Tim a little earlier today and had this to say. I could sort of understand it at a grassroots level. I think there's, there's there's some merit there, but we are you know we're a performance based industry. And it is very difficult to work through. A big part of that is the physical aspect of that. So, 
Yeah, I'm not sure we've got any skinfold metrics and things like that that are included in contracts these days. Um, but it still is a big part about the testing that uh, the high-performance team do on the players and things like that. So um, there are different ways to go about it. There's sort of body mass index and everything else like that. So you know, it's not my area, but I, mm. I, I'd say there's still got to be some sort of form uh, of assessment that needs to be included in, in, in that part of the game. That was Essendon CEO Xavier Campbell today. I uh, had a, a big chat with Gary and Tim about the redevelopment of Windy Hill, which is incredibly exciting. Um, that's going to be where the AFLW, VFL and VFLW matches are played. Essendon's going to have a, an AFLW team coming in for AFLW 7. Um, so that's incredibly exciting. And um, that uh, that ground holds a, a very important place in the history of of Australian rules footy. So to see it getting uh, upgraded and it'll live on as a footy venue and a community hub as well is um, is a great story today. And you can hear the full chat, sen.com.au. Kane Corns uh, didn't mince his word, rarely does, uh, does the volcano. This was his view on the skinfold test being banned. I'd rather have a high skinfold than a slow speed test. And uh, trust me, I was the second slowest player at my draft camp, Hazy. Uh, I thought it was all over. Never, never thought I was going to get recruited. This is just ridiculous. What are we setting these players up for? Because the minute they walk into an AFL club, they're going to have their skin folds tested. Mm. So I would have thought um, making them feel accustomed to it and getting them used to it was a good thing. Society has shifted. I understand that. But this isn't your average person off the street. This is someone who's aspiring to be an elite athlete. And elite athletes... You I've got no issue calling a player overweight, N none, none whatsoever. And the, the the trolls on social media come for you and they say you're body shaming. I, I couldn't care less. Bring bring that on because they are a professional athlete. Their one job is to prepare their body to perform at their best, and part of that is having a low body fat percentage to give yourself the best chance. We saw what Jake Stringer did this year. He was eight kilos overweight last year. Came back fit. Had a great season. We saw what Christian Petrarca did, and he's spoken about this, the shift that he had in his training and his diet. See Max Gorn do the same. The upside's significant. So I've got no issue calling someone overweight if you're playing professional sport and you're getting paid big bucks to do it. Kane Corns on SENSA today about the AFL deciding not to implement the skinfold test uh, at the uh, the draft combine and for draftees coming in. Uh, the draft uh, at the uh, the late stage of this month uh, it is I, – I'm trying to figure out why as well and what we're actually trying to protect them from. Um, I understand the whole concept of wanting to promote healthy body image and not wanting to, to fat shame or body shame anybody, but I can't help but agree with Kane. I, I don't know what's, what it, what, what are we, what's the advantage of this. What's the benefit of this? H how are we helping these young players become – the, the best athletes that they can be. Gary Lyon spoke about it this morning on SEN Breakfast. Well, it's a it's a measurement and an indication of body composition uh, in terms of fat v muscle. It, it measures your fat, basically. Right. And so for the expectation to be coming into Does it measure system, your disciplines in any way too? Well, no, but then you take into account lots of things, I would imagine. You, you, you take into account... Uh, yeah, size, your shape, the position yep. that you've played throughout your junior footy. Like, you would suspect if you're a midfielder, then you if you were to come in with high skin folds, then you'd then you your next question is, well, does he work hard enough? Is he covering enough ground, mm. or is there another is there another issue? Don't I don't think for a second they just go. 
Large skin. In fact, I know yeah. for a fact that they don't go, oh, your skin folds are too mm. far, therefore I'm never going to even look at you. They go, large skin folds, why? Yeah. Let's work through this. Gary Lyon with Tim Watson on SEN Breakfast today. So why are they making this decision? Sam Edmund did his best to explain it, filling in for Dwayne Russell today on Dwayne's World. Now, for context, I spoke to the AFL this morning before joining him. Now, they've had a, a team's or had teams assessing the pathway program overall for the past 12 months. And in conjunction with the Australian Institute of Sport, they came away with two key points. One of them was this. The body composition assessment, of which skinfold testing is obviously only one part thereof, should be accompanied by nutritional and possible psychological support. Keep in mind, skinfold testing actually has never been used at the AFLW draft combine. We're strictly talking about the male game here. The AIS also argued there was limited next to no value in a one-off skinfold test and a draft camp when perhaps the history of the player isn't fully known. Now, obviously, if you're Tom Hawkins in your AFL system in an elite environment, you're testing year upon year at the end of every year, at the start of every year, then that has some material benefit. But the AIS advice is that a limited limited value in a one-off skinfold test for these teenage draft hopefuls. And I think the AFL has been somewhat shocked by the blowback. They communicated this decision with club CEOs, GMs of footy, etc. back in August. And I'm told, anyway, had support in the main for this decision. The AFL, they won't be doing it anymore. They are the ones that uh, do the skin folds or did the skin folds on the kids at the draft combine, so not the clubs. And they're saying once they get to clubland, then fine. It is at clubland that they're surrounded by the nutritionists, the professional environment, the the ongoing elite training and, and and the strength coaching and the fitness coaching, everything that comes with it. But when you're seeing them at the draft combine and you don't have a full grasp of what where they might be at psychologically or their health history in full, then it has limited benefit. That's the AFL in conjunction with the Australian Institute of Sport. But, geez, if you are a recruiter, wouldn't you want to know what you're dealing with before you get started as well? But, you know, then again, and Kane touched on this, it's not really – is it even a determining factor? I mean, if Nick Dacos's skin folds aren't spectacular, are the Pies not going to draft him? Would you say Dane Swan's skin folds were immaculate when he was setting the competition on fire en route to the Brownlow? Absolutely not. So I want to get your take on this. So Sam Edmund doing his best to explain it today and, and giving us an insight into why the AFL made the decision. So as I said, it's not a massive story. It's not everything, but it's something. It's, it is a little strange, isn't it? And, and if you had a take on it, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you're in the fitness industry, and you've got a professional insight to it, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 it would just seem that it's part of a multitude of different tests, as Kinnear Beatson said on SEN today, uh, that, that goes to painting the overall picture of that player's fitness. I mean, uh, are we now going to maybe not do the vertical jump because we're worried that, well, one vertical jump, what story is that going to tell? Um, are we not going to do beep tests anymore? Are we not going to do spr- – I mean, it's – I understand the logic of, well, as a one-off test, it doesn't paint a whole picture. But you could say that about any of the tests that they do in a draft combine, unless I'm completely misreading this. So, yeah, it's a one-off test, but it's part of several one-off tests that they do as part of the draft combine. And as Kane said, it's going to happen the moment they step foot into the football club anyway. And it's not anything to do with shaming a player or holding it against a player. It's, as Gary Lyon said... It's about figuring out 
what's going on for the player. What, you know, what's their diet like? What's their, you know, it's, it's, again, it's a small thing. It's not a big thing. It's a small thing, but it is still a thing. So I, I, I hate using the word, you know, PC gone mad and all that. So it's the easiest throwaway line when you don't have an argument, when you can't make a, a reasonable argument to counter what you're listening to. But <laughs> again, I, I'm not really sure what, I mean, it's not like we're saving, we're, we're protecting the, 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 the young players from anything. And someone was asking me, is this because of the AFLW? Well, no, they don't do it in the AFLW because it's a semi-professional um, competition at the moment. Um, as far as I know, there, there might be other reasons for it. And obviously there's um, that. And obviously that's a competition that's still very much in its infancy going into its sixth season, but in a fully professional competition of elite athletes at the highest level um, that you can play at. I wonder if there's, I wonder if there's another sport that just says, no, we don't care about, care about that. And again, Sam Edmund brings up the the examples of players who, who, who who had great careers who may not have had the greatest skinfold test, but that it's not so it's not something that might be held against the player, but it certainly gives you the overall understanding of the player and, and what their physical makeup is, and is there something we can do differently to help that, or is that just them, and um, is it going to be a, a, a problem? It's not a problem until maybe that fitness and form is a problem, and then you go, okay, well, what can we do here about it? I don't understand. <laughs> I just, it's, again, it's not a big thing, but it's something, and I don't know why it's been made into something, and nobody can seem to figure out why it's been made into something. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 is the number to have your view on that or anything else that's making news today. Um, Australia into the T20 World Cup semifinals. Have you been convinced have the last two performances erased any doubts that you've had? Or have you taken a deeper look and thought, gee, Bangladesh, they were a shell of the side that's been on the improve for so long and they were nothing like the accomplished team that put Australia away 4-1 when we played them. Maybe their uh, cricket board president slamming them in the early stages of the tournament had a big impact on them. Their former captain certainly thought it did. And the West Indies... You know, yes, they're defending champions, but they've been woeful in this tournament and they really seem to not give two stuffs about the outcome of that game. They were laughing. They were having a good time. They were laughing about the mistakes they were making on the field. This was more of a, vict- this was more of a celebration game, almost a, um, a testimonial game to Chris Gale and Dwayne Bravo. So have the last two performances convinced you or is your jury still out on where Australia are at? They come up against... Pakistan on Thursday night, early Friday morning, 1am, myself and Chuck Berry. And they have been the form team of this World Cup. So are you convinced? Are you a believer? one three hundred seven three six seven three six uh zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen I'll give you the response today and uh and all the views that have been put forward across the station and the network uh in regards to Australia finding themselves now into the T twenty World Cup semi finals. We've been there a couple of times before. Can we finally find that elusive T20 World Cup title? This is time on SEN. This day last week, there was there was much gnashing of teeth around Australia. They'd just been brutalised by England and faced the the need to win the last 
two pool games, which they did, and they found a little bit along the way. It is the minimum standard, Australia getting into this final four. Have you seen anything in them that suggests that they could represent a threat from here? Uh, I have now. I think they've. I think obviously David Warner coming back in the form is just a massive, massive um, play for for the Australian lineup. That batting order looks completely different with him firing at the top. Um, I think it's still slightly fragile through the middle, if I'm being completely honest. But um, you know, I think with Mitchell Marsh coming in, it gives a little bit more power, and also just keeping um, Glenn Maxwell away from that new ball. I think is a is a much better. Um, option for their batting lineup. Look, I think their bowling is always going to be strong. Um, when you got Stark, Cummings, and, and Hazelwood with a, a genuine uh, leg spinner and, and Zampa, and, and obviously a few others helping them out, that definitely gives them a good chance. So look, I think they're a lot stronger now than they were a week ago. I think I don't think they were they were sure what their best team was a week ago, and it's only taken them to have to look in the mirror and really um, make some changes to be able to stumble on this team that they've come across, which I think is the best one. Uh, one of the greatest uh, at the T20 format, Brendan McCullum, uh, one of the stars of SENZ, uh, our station uh, in New Zealand, speaking to Jerry Whateley today about uh, Australia, where they're at. And I think he summed it up. He believes now that Australia can do some damage in the finals over the last couple of performances, but wasn't convinced in the first three. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Time on your say on the news of the day. Uh, let's get to your calls. Mark is in Bacchus Marsh, regular caller to the show. Good to have you back, Mark. Aussie's in the T20. What are you thinking? Mate, we're going to get, get crushed by the Packies. Right? People that got on them at the start of the tournament being Pakistan, I think they'd be pretty happy right now. Being... That Pakistan team with the spinners that they've got and spin wins the games in the 2020, they'll cut us up. Our guys are no good against spin. They are no good. And I honestly believe the Packs will pretty much destroy us. I actually think we'll get flogged. And I don't, and I don't like saying that, but I'm just being realistic and true and, true and, and honest. I don't... ...against the, the top four or five teams, including... I think New Zealand's ahead of us, England, Pakistan, India, all ahead of us. And I think we're lucky to actually get to where we're at. So I just, yeah, I just believe the packs are a good thing. And I think they'll rip straight through us. If we bat first, if we bat first and we've got a set of score, they'll be a bit panicky. And I reckon that we'll be lucky to make 100 if we bat first. Mark, always good to hear from you. Thanks for your call. Um, 1-300-736-736. Ryan's in Perth who wants to talk about the Aussies in the T20 World Cup. Ryan, your thoughts? Are you, are you a believer yet? Has the last two performances convinced you? No. No, not at all. Talk to me. Tell me why. Uh, yeah. No, I... I think we've probably got the wrong team makeup. I think the bloke that sits next to you and commentates might be somebody that needs to consider coaching. Shane Watson's a pretty good one too. I think we are out of our depth. And, and it's not because we don't have skills. We just don't have the correct skill set to meet what these other countries have on offer from their players who have played together and then also played in a lot more T20, I think. And it's going to be damning. I, I, I don't quite agree with Mark that maybe we'll get bowled out for under 100, but if we beat Pakistan, that will be our final. That will be our victory, and we will lose the final. And, I mean, England 
England or Pakistan or New Zealand deserve to win it on top of Australia for their form over the last 18 months in T20 cricket. Yeah, we've had a pretty spectacular fall in the rankings, Ryan. Um, In December 2020, we were ranked number one in the world. We went into this tournament ranked seventh, possibly even eighth, if memory serves. We are now ranked sixth. But, um, yeah, the last 12 months, we've um, been anything but uh, world champion material. Um, Thank you for your call. Always good to hear from you. one 736 Dave saying this is the worst Ashes prep ever. Um, Cody's in Alfington. G'day, Cody. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. What about the Aussies? Yeah, I, I reckon we're going to go all right. The boys who called up before saying that we can't say spin, he's got no idea. We, um, we've got Finchie, who's probably one of the best um, batters to off-spin bowling going around at the moment. Um, Warner's a freak against spin. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, it's... I've got... Some, I do have some concerns as well, but I think Finch has shown that, you know, he is every bit the, the top 10 ranked player that he is. Um, I, you know, it'll be up to each person whether that one very, very good innings from Dave Warner, which is actually a record at T20 World Cups for Australia. He beat uh, Cam White's previous record of 85 with that 89 not out against the West Indies. Um, but in saying that, though, that particular... That West Indies lineup, their spin attack isn't really much to be concerned about. Whereas the teams that we're That's going true. to face in in for the next two matches, if we can play in the next two matches, we certainly we've got Pakistan, and then we'll see what happens if we get through to the final. I think it'll be a marked uh, improvement in the spinning attack that we'll face uh, compared to what we did um, against West Indies. In saying that, um, they didn't. Um, and against Bangladesh, who do have very good spinners, we there just wasn't a total for them to defend after Australia routed them with, with ball in hand. So it still might be an area of, of concern there, Cody. Are you happy with the bowling attack playing the, the three quicks, the two seamers, and just the one spinner and maybe uh, an overhero there from Glenn Maxwell? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Hazelwood. Um, just, yeah, he's height. You can't really... He just hit the spot. Big fan of Hazelwood. Agar's stiff, but I guess that's how it is. Um, and then, yeah, Zampa. Zampa's on, in great form. So, yeah, I'm happy with the team at the moment. Um, Cody, thanks for the call. Hey, uh, I just – I didn't pick up on it at the time because I didn't quite – the line was cracking up. But from what I understand, uh, a previous caller um, has used an, uh, an abbreviation um, of, of, of the Pakistani cricket side that um, isn't, uh, ex- isn't deemed to be acceptable a- anymore. Um, I didn't hear it properly at the time, and a couple of you were texting me in on it. I certainly don't think there was offence intended from the call who was actually wrapping up uh, the Pakistani cricket side, but I'm, I'm certainly acknowledging the texts that have come through given what's happened recently uh, in England in terms of uh, the use of that word in a derogatory sense. So I uh, unreservedly apologise for that getting to air. I, I thought it was the line crackling up because um, several times during the call, that call us used the full um, use of the word Pakistan. So um, thanks for pointing it out. Apologies um, for any offence that that may have caused. It's certainly unintentional. Um, and I don't think it was the intention of the caller at any sh- in any way, shape or form. Um, but I just want to acknowledge it because a couple of people are texting in and I thank them for, for doing that. Um, and I didn't, um, yeah, I didn't, uh, I thought it was the, the phone line breaking up. 
Uh, so I apologise for that and thank you for bringing it to the attention. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Uh, Warren, Rich, Mark, Steve and Shane, stay right there. We'll come back to you on the other side of this. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, welcome back to Time On, your say on the news of the day. one 736 736 The Aussies into the T20 World Cup semi-final. A lot of people wanting to have their say on where they think the Australian team are at really hard to gauge the form. If you just look at it as this... As uh, if you look at it as win loss at the moment, it's four wins, one loss. If you look, dig a little bit deeper and look into each of the team they've played and the circumstances around each performance, does it have you feeling a little less confident about our chances against the the best performed team at this World Cup in Pakistan? Uh, the skinfold test being banned uh, from the combine and the response to that as well. One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Uh, Rich is in Adelaide. G'day, Rich. Yeah, g'day, Sam. Look, with the skinfold test now not being used, this is the window of opportunity I've been waiting for to actually nominate for the draft. <laughs> I think, you know, I may be carrying a few extra kilos, but I found my window. So look out for me in the top 10, 15 picks in the next year's draft, I reckon. What, how about the other tests that they'll put you through, Rich? Are you confident of those? Yeah, look, we'll just see. We'll just have to play those by ear. But the skin fob was the one I was worried about. But I think I can get now that I'm past that. The sky is the limit. Uh, beautifully done, mate. I appreciate uh, the appreciate the work that's gone into that. And geez, you've inspired me. Maybe we'll do it together. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Off the text, skin folds for eighteen year olds are as irrelevant as BMIs for prop Fords. That's coming through. Uh, off the temper text, temper a mattress like no other. Uh, Mark's in Ashwood. G'day, Mark. G'day, how you doing, Sam? Good, thanks, Mark. What have you got for me on the skin folds? Not Look, one of your, I, not I one of yours specifically, by the way, but just your, your view. No, we don't want to talk about mine, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I reckon it's a good idea because, let's face it, the kids are 17 years old, getting recruited. They've got the stress and anxiety of what club they're going to get picked up by on the first level and then they come to the club and they have to worry about skin levels give them two three seasons of pre-season training let them play their football and by the time they're 20 years old and more mature they know the way the club runs and everything that's involved give them a skin test after three years so, so Mark, a bit more mature. Okay, so your view is as, as youngsters coming in um, that maybe take away some of the um, additional pressures of, of getting into a professional environment. Your view is that, that will, they'll reduce those as a byproduct of training at the elite level anyway, and then after a, a certain couple of years, then you hold them to account um, on that particular element exactly. uh, of, their, of their physical makeup. Exactly. Okay. Just take that pressure off and let them get used to being at a club level. And uh, hopefully things will work out a bit better for it. So you're saying it's almost like serving an apprenticeship. Um, you, 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 you're not actually a professional athlete at the moment you step in to an AFL club. It actually takes a few years for you to be able to classify yourself as that. And these young men and women don't have 
the college football background that say they do in the NFL where they spend four years in what is essentially a professional program uh, which, without them getting paid. Obviously, that's a different story about the image rights. We know all that. Um, but they, they go in um, having spent four years in what's essentially almost a professional program anyway. So that's an interesting take on it, Mark. Uh, I, I don't know if our man Kane Corns would agree with you, but I certainly understand the thinking behind it and where you're coming from. Um, Eagles Premiership player Will Schofield called the band a joke. He said, this is absurd, fat shaming. You're signing up to be an elite athlete, not a social media influencer. He said on Twitter, he said, don't get me wrong. I hated skinfold tests. It's an antiquated measure of body fat percentage. However, to remove it to protect player well-being is a, can't use that word, joke. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Brad's at Safety Beach. G'day, Brad. Oh, g'day, mate. How you going? Yeah, good, thanks. Skinfolds, your, for- your thoughts? Yeah, I've known a few uh, boys who have been through the whole system and I think you said before that, that they're, they're a one-off test. They're not a one-off test. They've been having these tests through their junior program years, right from under-16s at their various, you know, if you say in Victoria, the TAC Just program. on that, Brad, to jump in and I'll let you keep going there. When I use the term one-off test, that was part of the explanation as to why they weren't doing it at the Combine because the AFL's view was that it doesn't really tell you anything as a one-off test uh, in that particular combine. That was the AFL's words, not not mine. But keep going. Uh, yeah, so it's not a one-off test. These, these, and these boys, I don't know, I, I, they're already semi-professional. I know they're not getting paid, but their attitude is certainly at the higher end if they've been in any of the programs um, on the way through. I've got a little bit more of a controversial sort of angle on this, and I, I'm, I don't want to be offensive. I have noticed that in the junior female programs, and I know you mentioned before that that's not a, in any way a professional program but the girls weights aren't even given on their um on their team sheets and i understand there can be reasons for that i've got a bit of a conspiracy theory on this mate and i hope it's not too controversial i'm wondering if the women are pushing really hard for if you like some sort of equality um this is a bit of a standout that the boys are tested the girls certainly aren't then weights aren't even aren't even listed and um this might be a way of bringing the boys sort of if you like back into into the structure that the female um, football industry is in at the moment. What do you think about that? Uh, so, hang on, Brad. Just let me clarify that. Are you saying that it's the women's fault that the AFL have banned this? <laughs> no, I'm not saying fault. But I'm saying perhaps there's this sort of uh, neutralising, if you like, or, or desent, not desensitising. Um, uh, if we can't talk about women's weight, then how can we talk about men's weight? And maybe if we want this to seem to be uh, some sort of an equal uh, equal footing between men's and women's football that we might need to take away this um, this uh, body composition testing. Oh, Brad, so, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't think that the two things have got anything to do with each other at all. Um, you're comparing uh, a prog- We're comparing men's footy that's been fully professional. I think uh, when was the year 1995, 1996 um, to a game that's in it's just about to go into its sixth season and is a semi-professional pursuit. And, and, and pathways that um, have been only going long enough now to have seen the results of girls being able to go through from juniors through to AFLW, I think, in the last three seasons of it. So I just don't think that they've got anything that, to do with each other in any way, shape or form. And I think it's almost a little bit... Um, offense. I think what's offensive is actually trying to throw that stone. And I know you're not trying to be offensive, and I... And I don't think you are, but uh, there's a couple of texts coming through that are going further than you are in saying that, oh, this is the fault of the AFLW. I, I think that's just, 
I think that is, is the, an incredibly long bow to draw. And I think that if that's all that people have left in their armory uh, to try and rip down the AFLW, then you might as well concede defeat because I think that's just ridiculous. I'm not saying you were doing that, Brad, but it, it's a tone, a little bit of a tone that, that's coming through. So we might just knock that one uh, on the head. But, but I thank you for the call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Back to the cricket. Cameron's in the Sunshine Coast. G'day, Cam. G'day, Sam. How are you, brother? I'm um, good, thanks, mate. What have you got for me? Oh, the voice of reason, mate. The voice of reason. I feel like I'm talking to my dad sometimes when I speak to you. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> oh, goodness me. Oh, I'm sorry, mate. But you, you have that beautiful monotone voice and you get your point across and I think people hang up the phone from you and just go, I think he might be onto something. What thank I will you, say, my first, my first... No, no worries, mate. My first query would be the Australian cricket side. So... I've got another one since I've been on hold. I'm thinking about the other thing you're speaking about, being playing at a level of football that I did. But um, the first thing I'll say is the point of difference that worries me about Australia, what happens when someone is in form, when they get that 138 to 140 ball, which we've seen Josh Butler just put them straight back over the fence. It happens. And so when that happens, you've got a point of reference, which is Zampia. But what happens when he does his four overs? Where's the rest of the point of reference coming from? And that's my biggest concern with the Australian with the Australian attack, I think we can win it. But I'm just worried about like, shutting down games. We don't have a way to, like, other than just throwing fast balls at him and then Zampia comes. I said, he's only got four overs. You can't, can't hang the whole cup on him. Based on the skinfold test, my friend, I understand what everybody's saying. And I do believe, I hate in my heart, I've been through the professional system. I played for Sandringham Dragons. A skinfold test is the start of a profile. It's not fat shaming. It's not anything else but a start of a profile. So if I'm going to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars into somebody, I would like a base starter of a profile. I would not disregard that person if they had a lower or higher skinfold test. But if I'm going to recruit them into my football club, I'd like some... It's a, it's a profile. And I think it's a great way to start a profile. And I believe that if you're worried about skinfold tests, then... I'd be shit scared if I was on social media and the stuff that would come if you played a bad first game. Just, just kick the ball out on the floor. E- easy on the uh, just steal some kids in cars. Oh, I do apologise. That's sorry. all right, mate. I'm getting wind up again. Oh, sorry, That's mate. all right. But you know what I mean. Like I, I understand where everybody's coming from, and I agree with the last caller. But I, not the last caller who said it was all about the women then the men's. I think that's just ridiculous. What long bow to draw. But my concern is the fact that if you keep sheltering people from this, it's not going to decide whether you're in or out. But I would like to, as a recruiter, I want a base profile. So if you've got like three or four body mass index, let we recruit you and then it's something we can work off. It's, it's not a judgment. It's, I believe anyway, it's just a base of a recruiting of a profile of a player that you're going to invest in hundreds of thousands of dollars. Hey, Cam, really appreciate the call, mate. Thank you very much and, and for your insights as well from your experience too. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Off the text, you are misreading it. No one is blaming women for anything. There are some texts that are, so trust me when I tell you that. It's offensive to test a women's skin fold, so perhaps it should be offensive to do the same to a man. Um, I'm not going to presume to speak on behalf of um, women athletes um, in, in regards to that. Maybe it's something we can do uh, later in the week. We'll get um, a couple of their AFLW friends on and, and just speak to them about their view on this. But I think the, the automatic leap into, well, it must be because of this. Um, I, I just think that's ridiculous. So I wanted to knock that uh, on the head. I don't know if it's offensive to our AFLW players. All we know is that it's not actually happening at the moment. My belief on that would be because, um, it's, again, this is semi-professional. It's, it's not a full-time professional pursuit. There's people with full-time jobs, families, you name it. So that's 
my belief as to why they're not doing it in the AFLW. So to, to try and lump it all in together and say it's because of this or, 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 to, or to bring up the conspiracy theory, I just think it's irresponsible. Um, and it's, yeah, I, I'm not going to sit by and really give that a platform. Uh, 1-300-736-736. Dave's in Turin. G'day, Dave. G'day, mate. I am skin faultish. Um, do you reckon Tony Lockett would have ever played a game? That's a great, that's a great question, Dave. Great question. One of the greatest yeah. of all time. So, I'm going, you know, we, we talk, uh, you know, what you're talking to me about. I'm going, mate, this like the greatest flyer, well, it's obviously in my time. I rate him above Gary Hamlet and everything. Um, Skinfold, he wouldn't have passed. Wouldn't have played a game. Dave, great example to bring up. I appreciate it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Dan in Scoresby says the under-18s have had uh, two seasons off. I think they played about 12 games this year. Skinfolds won't give you relevant data. Uh, that's coming through as well. Uh, Shane, Steve uh, and Paul, stay right there. We'll come to you uh, on the other side of this. Time on. I uh, do thank you for all the calls and texts that are coming through. Uh, a heap of them. Plenty of people can have their say on the Aussies and their chances in the semi-final. 1am Friday morning, myself and Darren Berry. Chuck's going to jump on with me at 7.30 in the Sporting Capital uh, to sum up the uh, Super 12 performances from Australia. And we'll look ahead to what might await against Pakistan. And then the other final um, between New Zealand and England, the replay of the last uh, 50 over. World Cup and don't New Zealand just continue to bat above their average and I don't don't pardon the pun I meant that in uh, I meant that wholeheartedly um one three hundred seven three six seven three six Paul's in Elston with g'day Paul Sam how are you good thank you yeah just on the topic of skin folds it's like you got to remember and I mean I'm just Let's take a look at the grand final, for example. You've got a lot of kids coming out of, I suppose, private schools where they've been only playing school sport and probably not much of that over the last couple of years. Mm. And I just reckon that taking away the skin folds for the first time round is actually probably not a bad idea because... Yeah, with their career, if they do have a substantial career of note, and what's the average five years? Mm. There'll be four years that they're actually getting their skin folds taken, and that's at the end of every season, and then the start of the next one. But just at the start, it's like, aren't you aren't you being a little bit too harsh, trying to uh, get their get their skin folds? I've got a sixteen year old. I'll be scratching my head if he got his skin folds taken initially. It's going to happen. The, the, the thing I, I understand what you're saying, Paul, but it's going to happen the, their very first day at preseason training when they get to the club that that ends up drafting them. So I'm just not sure what we're actually protecting the players from. But maybe they're just shifting the emphasis away from the schools to or wherever the boys have come from, and I'll leave the girls out of the equation because as as you've rightly said, that's not a professional environment as such yet. But it becomes one of those things. It's like maybe then the onus is on on the boys once they get to the club and then the club takes them from there and sort of tries to set them up for a pathway from day one at the club. 
I'm wondering. But maybe where, they're trying to move yeah. the emphasis away from the actual draft combine. Uh, look, it, it could be one of those things, Paul, and I appreciate your call. Um, and, and as it's been pointed out by a few people, um, and, you know, Kenny Beaton was on SEN today saying it's just one of many, many tests that help paint the overall picture um, of the of the player in terms of um, – and, and Gary spoke about it. It might be, well, the fact that you have a, a high skin fold doesn't particularly – you know, might, isn't going to stop me from drafting you. But the reason why could – you know, it, 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 it's – and I'm not trying to put words in Gary's mouth, but he was talking about the fact that it's you, – you might have that reading, but then it's like, well, okay, let, let's investigate as to why. So, you know, and that might be some of the things that, that gets discussed in the interviews with the player when they're trying to figure out whether they draft them. So – and as Kane said, it's going to happen the very moment they walk into the front door anyway. So I've, I haven't figured out whether I'm for or against it. I'm just trying to figure out why it's been introduced. And Sam Edmund uh, said that the AFL had done it in consultation with some of the clubs. But the recruiters are all there scratching their heads saying, I have no idea why you've gone and done that. So it is a strange one. Steve's in Brisbane. G'day, Steve. Hey. Sorry, I shouldn't ask that. You've already answered it about 10 times. That's okay. Uh, I, I, I didn't hear you. So far away. Yeah, I, I thank you for holding. Um, yeah, look, I think um, getting rid of the skinfold thing for the combine is a great idea. I think the, the, the overall issue is the body image issue, which is one that thousands of kids, especially at a vulnerable age, are dealing with. Um, and, and with regards to your um, thesis that it's not done in women's sport because it's semi-professional... I think it's I not going to be done in women's sport. Yeah, AFLW, I didn't say women's AFL, sport. yes. Yes, sorry, sorry, my misquote. Um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be surprised if we ever saw the public disclosure of skin folds reports in AFLW because it's an even more massive issue for young girls. And I think they've rightly taken it on. I, I think Sam Edmonds, um, pricey of the, AC, uh, the AFL's reasoning, tells you all that you need to know. It doesn't give a be-all and end-all measurement. Um, my guess is that a professional recruiter would be able to guess a kid's skin folds within plus or minus 10%. Um, the kid's going to get taken on talent, not on skin folds. Now, within, you'll say that, yeah, it'll be done on day one inside the club. It, it will. Um, but that's in a professional environment where the kid's got all the support and all that sort of thing. It's not where the kid's at risk of getting recruited or not getting recruited based on a test that's done in front of a whole bunch of other people. So I think the psychological impacts, you know, if, if you're unaware of the impacts of body shaming on teenagers, um, that's probably where, the research, where your research needs to be done, the Keynes research needs to be done, because that's the issue. That's an, uh, that, that, that point you made about the environment in which it's happening. Um, from we've had a lot of we've had a lot of chats with Kevin Sheehan about the the pathway into the AFL and the support that goes in uh, around the players, Steve. And I've been led to believe that they have a lot of support around them as they go through this journey because obviously they understand what happens for the players that don't make it. It is an interesting point that you raise about maybe it's it's much easier to do that test in 
the safety and security of the environment they've got drafted into, but maybe it provides much more anxiety as they're getting through there. And I'm certainly going to take that part on board, but I don't want to, um, I don't want us to be leaving the conversation thinking that they don't get that support through the AFL Academy pathway, through the, the NAB leagues that they're in uh, and things like that. But you certainly have given me pause for thought and I, and I do appreciate it. That was a really interesting take um, that you've, you've put on it there. Um, we're just coming up to the top of the hour where we've got to hit the break at the set time, but we can continue this going in the sporting capital if you'd like. I, I wanted to do heroes and villains, but uh, this is your station and your show. So if you want to keep discussing this, uh, the line is still open. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.